0: When you try to set your lineup, but you don't know what to do You can't make your mind up, need
1: someone to turn to We've got your back, we've got the stats, we'll
0: help you block out all the haters For fantasy football help, call
1: 25 yards later Welcome in to another episode of the 25 Yards Later Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Nick Luciano. And I'm Elijah Motika. You can follow the show on Twitter at 25YLFF. And flashing back to last week, Elijah, um, there was a little bit of contention over the interest in a Monday night football game between Geno Smith and Jameis Winston. Uh-huh. Um, tell me, how did, uh, that game go? Was it a game of the
0: year material? Uh, well, it did come down to the final drive. Uh, so there's that, um, uh, you know, fourth down, unsuccessful fourth down play ended the game. So there's that, uh, but that was one of the crummiest games of the year. It was just, <laughs> 13 to 10, uh, quite possibly the lowest scoring game of the year. Uh, that's off the top of my head, but I don't, it'd be hard to get much lower, uh, combined. Um, but yeah, it wasn't the best game. It was also real rainy, which I've been experiencing quite a bit over the weekend up here in, uh, Washington. It was that way in Seattle. So it was just kind of gross. It was not, you know, I said, yeah, I'm excited. You know, these are two rough quarterbacks and probably you know not the greatest teams right now but i'm really excited i think it's gonna be a really good game it wasn't a really good game the the better team won but it wasn't a a really good game no
1: yes i i wouldn't know because i had so little (laughs) interest in it that i did not watch (laughs) dang that's cold yes well hopefully you got a lot of really deep intel on uh the geno smith seahawks that'll give you an edge this week in uh fantasy i did
0: yeah i sure did i know all the things now
1: um so we are not talking about either of those teams this week um we hopefully do have a good slate of games lined up for you um also going to do a fun little uh mock draft here in a few minutes um but before we get into it uh we're going to start the show the way we do every week during the regular season um with our touchback player so this week's touchback player award goes to punter bradley pinion of the tampa bay buccaneers with seven touchbacks congratulations to mr pinion for having the most kicks that that made his opponents start their next drive 25 yards later. You
0: kicked it really far. You kicked it with your feet. You're the touchback player of the week. Congratulations!
1: So following last week's major bye weeks, um, we've only got two this week. Um, s- still fairly significant um, teams with, uh, you know, a lot of relevant players between the Ravens and the Raiders. Um But Elijah, why don't you uh, wrap up or round up some of the news from this past week?
0: Absolutely. Uh, So this week we uh, had not so much news that we've had uh, previously, but still a handful of injuries. Um, So Mahomes took a tough hit. And exited the game last week in the fourth quarter, but passed concussion protocol in the game, even though he did not return. So it seems like he'll be okay for this week. Uh, Zach Wilson is going to miss two to four weeks with a strained PCL. And Joe Flacco was traded to the Jets, uh, but will not be active for week eight. Uh, So it is Mike White. Starting quarterback mm-hmm. for the Jets, I believe. <laughs> yes, that is correct. <laughs> um, whoo, Bengals defense looks hot. Uh, Josh Jacobs suffered a chest injury. Um, but according to Tom Policero, uh Pelicero avoided major injury there. Uh, Miles Sanders week to week with an ankle injury. Uh, and the big news uh, that you all already know, you saw how it played out. Uh, but Devontae Adams and Alan Lazard are on the COVID list. Uh, and Marquez Valdez-Scantling, though, is expected to play uh, following his hamstring injury. And boy, did he. Uh, <laughs> or didn't he. <laughs> um <laughs>
1: and, uh, a TNF game, in case that's unclear. Yeah,
0: Thursday Night Football <laughs> is a future, is it past moment. Uh, a little bit of a uh, good news, I think, for the Saints this week. I mean, I don't know how good it necessarily is. He's pretty watched, But the Texans uh, handed over Mark Ingram to the Saints. Uh, they were probably like, Here, take him. Um, and So the Saints now have a backup running back that they like. Uh, Mark Ingram spent eight years with the Saints before moving on to a couple other teams. So he's back to spell um, the... Uh, running back workload there Um, and then J.J. Watt uh, this news came out today it looks like uh, will undergo season-ending shoulder surgery uh, which is a bit of a blow to the Cardinals defense yeah
1: Um, yeah Yeah, real disappointing for someone that's you know on a undefeated team that's you know having about as much success as he has, uh, as team success as he's had in his entire career. So, um, and he's ancient. Yes. my The only other thing I'd add is um, maybe keep an eye out on the Texans' running back usage this week following Mark Ingram's trade. Um, uh, Tyrod Taylor's expected to return um, probably even as early as this week. Um, and so you know, the offense might be slightly better than it was under Davis mills. Um, and if we're able to get some running back clarity, um, you know, we've seen, I I, probably Philip Lindsay and David Johnson are on your waiver wire. So if one of them emerges as the lead back, getting most of the carries, um, Probably worth a pickup for depth, if nothing else. Um, some uh, additional DNPs through Wednesday. Um, we have Terry McLaurin and Debo Samuel that didn't practice today, as did um did not I don't know how to, whatever I don't know what the grammar is for the what I'm trying to say here um T.Y. Hilton Antonio Brown Saquon Barkley Kadarius Tony, and Sterling Shepard um and then uh Rob Gronkowski Baker Mayfield Trey Lance Jerry Judy Dak Prescott and Michael Gallup all returned to practice
0: Um, There's some uh, some surprises in that return to practice. There, I mean, Baker's shoulder mm -hmm. is broken, yes, torn. (laughs) What is he doing practicing?
1: Yes, it is his non-throwing shoulder, but it is definitely it's definitely troubling. I, I, you know, if he's going to need off-season shoulder surgery on it, um, I don't know how much it could have improved from last week when he missed. Right. So. yes that that one's definitely a surprise. I at the beginning of the week had a thirty dollar bid in for case Keenum in our two quarterback league that has since been withdrawn
0: <laughs> um another one that I did want to mention here in the uh return to practice situation um is Nick Chubb uh mm. who I don't think we mentioned. Um, It looks like Nick Chubb is expected to play in week eight against the Steelers, which is a bit of a surprise based on the uh, path that he was going. It looked like uh, this past Friday, there was some hope that he'd be back week eight, but it looks like he is expected to return. So uh, Dearness Johnson, if you scooped him up, he'll still be involved Mm because it's just those two guys, but he's not going to be getting all the work again.
1: Yeah, I wouldn't expect him to um inherit the full Kareem Hunt uh workload but I think he still could potentially be a flexible option um mm-hmm. behind Nick Chubb um will probably get just enough receiving work to be relevant yeah um so before we get into the previews um this Sunday is Halloween and Ooh. so we <laughs> we are going to do a mock draft of um Halloween candy. Mm. So um before the show we did a very scientific um sorting process um involving rock paper scissors. It was competitive um, too. It, it was
0: intense. Adrenaline we,
1: was high. Yes, we tied the first time. Um Oof. And uh, I I ended up winning the second time. So um, I received pick 101. Um, it is going to be a four-round snake draft that we will post um, on Twitter uh, Friday after the episode drops as a poll. Um, and I, before the show... Um, even made a draft board (laughs) of my picks, so uh, I know who I'll be taking where. Um, So, Elijah, if you are ready, ready. um, I will be on the clock. So, um, to me, my personal 101 are Orange Kit Kats. Orange Um,
0: Kit Kats.
1: Yes, so, yes, I am fully aware that they are just white chocolate dyed orange do not care they are delicious i will eat them all day i will really eat any orange or uh chocolate um Mm. again fully aware that they're just white chocolate (laughs) dyed orange but um any anything along those lines um i am all for and will Readily eat. I think that there might be orange Twix too, but uh, uh, yes, the Favorite orange cats. Um, well, I don't remember specifically if that's just something my brain made up. So oh, Twix are if- on my draft board, but orange
0: Twix are not. Well, um, this is great. uh So it's pretty obvious that you are not uh, drafting to win the poll, which I like uh i will you don't know how many people like orange kit kats i i didn't know they existed so uh i I think that probably says more about me uh, as somebody that doesn't really care for candy all that much um or the the holiday if you will of halloween at least to the the commercialized version of it I will be sure to put Uh, that
1: in the poll that Elijah does not like Halloween. Vote Nick.
0: (laughs) Well, I I will love it when you put it in the poll that Elijah doesn't like Halloween, doesn't really eat candy, and then I kick your butt in the poll. It's going to be great. So, I am going to draft the clear 101, uh, even though I have never tasted this candy. Uh, That is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. The clear 101 on every Halloween candy draft board. It's what all the kids are wanting to get in their bag.
1: Yes, that was um, up there on my draft board. Um, uh, I would say that I like, I, I think that my problem with Reese's at Halloween is that I, and this is probably a controversial pick are a controversial statement i don't really like the ones that are like tinfoil wrapped i feel like off too often they will Mm. um stick to the paper and are off the peanut butter is a little dry sometimes um now if they uh, you know if you get just like the solo peanut butter cup that's great um actual reese's minis and not like the mini, not the miniature ones that are like again that are wrapped in foil those foil, one those yeah. are both pristine but um i again controversial pick probably the foil wrapped ones are
0: not my favorite all right well that's that's good to know helps me in the polls i think uh i i just it's great to have the one one. never tasted them uh don't like chocolate but uh i i'm they're they're number 1 on every best halloween candy list so uh they're the elijah's that,
1: so. the elijah's the person that just pulled up someone else's draft rankings and are uh all right so uh, elijah drafts
0: elijah drafts from the default order on uh on the platform all right so i this was i mean Reese's peanut butter cups was the christian of the draft now I'm going to go with the picks that I believe in. Uh, I just had to get that one, and now I'll pick for my own preference. Uh, And since I don't like chocolate, they're all going to be fruity candies. Uh, And so with my second pick, I will draft Sour Patch Watermelon. The Supreme Superior Sour Patch Candies. all right um no comment on that one
1: eh, i'm i'm not much of a sour person so well i will eat some sour patch uh some sour patch kids not uh, they they would have been much lower on my draft board they did not make my my top 10 of at least personal ones well the watermelon Um, is
0: sweeter than the sour patch kids so there's a little less sour to it It, is it's pretty solid it's pretty good um so that means that my
1: second pick is still on the board. Um so I will snatch up Twix. Mm. Um classic the the cracker in the middle or the cookie in the middle, the caramel and the chocolate. Very good, very solid. Um very uh, I I don't know how, uh, other than Elijah I don't know how many people <laughs> dislike Twix. Um They're and then there. so in my snake, I am going to go ahead and take my next pick as well and say, uh, take Starburst off the board. Ooh, that was my uh, third pick. Take a take a fruity one away from Elijah.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, Again, that, that's just- a great selection. Starbursts are, are a great pick. I sounds like I should have drafted that at the at the two hundred one. And sour patch, yes, uh, uh, sour patch watermelon would have come back to me.
1: Yes, sour patch watermelon would have. Got to right. know your draft board,
0: <laughs> or got to know your opponents
1: there, Elijah.
0: That's that's drafting one on one. Yeah, starburst. That's a great pick. Uh, I mean, there's, you know, for some reason the yellow ones just are are questionably flavored, but uh, <laughs> the rest of them taste really good. Yeah. Um,
1: so, also underrated any of the like fruit punch or like mm. those varieties? I very mm-hmm. much like um like the fruit punches and the the ones that come in whatever the tropical pack or whatever they are.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um all right, so for my third round pick here, I'm torn between a couple honestly. Uh portability is a consideration for me. Uh uh how they're packaged. Is a consideration for me, um, and then obviously just personal preference. I was really hoping that Starburst was going to come back around to me, uh, but it did not. Um, so what I think I'm going to go with um, is this is an unpopular candy, certainly, um, but ooh, I'm I'm tilting in the third round already. <laughs> How are
1: you tilting in a candy draft? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: so what I think I'm going to do is I am going to go with Smarties, which is... Okay,
1: controversial, I controversial think.
0: Controversial candy, for sure. Uh, kind of sour, kind of sweet, basically chalk. Yes, uh, basically just sugar chalk. <laughs> but surprisingly tasty. Um, so yeah, we're going to go with Smarties there for my third round pick. Um and then I'm gonna go with a uh, last one here. I, I'm torn between a couple. Maybe we could have gone five rounds. Now that we're actually in it, um, but we can
1: add another round. It's
0: let's we go want. five. We're going we make, five. We make the rules here. We're going five rounds. Uh, I am going to take Jolly Ranchers. Okay, with my fourth pick.
1: All right, so. My fourth pick, um, uh, lots of good options on my board. This one is probably also going to be a little controversial, but I'm going to choose the flavored Tootsie Rolls. Um, The Interesting. various fruit, um, the, whether orange or even the vanilla ones. Um, I very much enjoy... flavored Tootsie Roll Um, and then wrapping around to my fifth pick I might jump my board here Um, my next the next one on my board is Airheads but I think I'm going to go Nerds Mm, Nerds is a great pick they were on my list
0: alright so Elijah bring it home Closing out the draft, you, you got a couple options here, certainly. Um, you know, Nerds was on the list. Uh, Skittles, surprisingly not drafted mm-hmm. yet. Uh, they're definitely good good candy, you know, good slogan. Uh, we got Kit Kats not drafted. I've never had a Kit Kat, but... Well,
1: uh orange Kit
0: Kats were the 101s. Oh, that's but, right, that's yes. right. They, they, but that's um, a, a very particular kind of Kit Kat. Uh Twizzlers out there, uh, candy corn.
1: Snickers, I think are a big. Yep, a big
0: uh, snub so far. You know, peppermint patties and Swedish fish. You know those popular ones. Uh, but I'm I'm gonna go just straight nostalgia here. Um, I am going to go with the caramel apple lollipop, which is it just tastes like childhood. It's not a poll winner. But it's uh, it's just it tastes like Halloween, man. All right, so tell that, me you've had a caramel apple lollipop. I don't uh, like.
1: Is it? It's like it's apple just like on a, the outside, like a green caramel one, on the inside. Or?
0: Yeah, it, it's got like uh, it's caramel
1: no, on the inside. I don't inside. know if I have had that. I I keep thinking of like a dum
0: dum, but I don't think. But yeah. it sounds like it's more. Impressive it, than a dum dum i 'll send you a picture after the show it it's it's a lollipop size, so you know it's like like good mm. lollipop size, not the small dum dum-dum dum size dum dums are a good pick too they 're just classic as well but uh, i'll send you send you a picture we'll put the picture in the poll
1: okay <laughs> <laughs> all right, so rounding out the draft, I took orange kit Kats,
0: twix, Starburst, flavored tootsie rolls, and nerds and I took. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups, Sour Patch Watermelon, Smarties, Jolly Ranchers, and Caramel Apple Lollipops.
1: Um, Like we said, we will post the poll um, probably Friday after the episode drops and let that run for a few days through Halloween to see um, how many people think that I have the best taste in candy.
0: I mean seeing as I don't really eat candy <laughs> the fact that I'm about to beat you is just really sad. Mm. <laughs> uh so let's get into the game, shall we? Yes, yes. okay. <laughs> uh so we're starting. I get to start this week. Uh you know, back to football. Uh I get to start talking about uh the best team in the league. Uh um, <laughs> well the best team in the AFC technically by record. Yeah, I I mean who if if the playoffs started today, who gets that bye week in the AFC? Nick, who is it? It's the Bengals. Is, who who I couldn't quite hear you. Who who was that? It's
1: it's the Bengals. Aha,
0: it's the Cincinnati freaking Bengals. Let's go. Uh yeah, 5 and 2 coming off a just epic defeat of the Baltimore Ravens, they in Baltimore Ravens could do nothing. It was just, it was a beautiful game. Uh, so this week, who do the Bengals play? Uh, not the worst team in the league by record, but probably the worst team in the league by personnel, everything else <laughs> yeah. Uh, that uh, they play the New York jets. They are in New York. Uh, so the jets have that going for them. Uh, but as we mentioned earlier, uh, Mike White is starting at quarterback because Zach Wilson is injured. Um, so this is Bengals five and two at the Jets one and five. It is an abysmal forty five point over under, and the Bengals are favored by ten and a half points. Uh, so that means the Jets are implied what like I think ten roughly. Fi- well, roughly 15 like points.
1: fifteen, I think, because let's see, forty five divided by 2, 17?
0: Seventeen. I don't know. It's bad. I think that's it's 17-27, roughly. Yeah, that's way more than they're actually gonna score. That's uh I take the Bengals with the points, everybody. Uh actually I do kind of feel like this might be a trap game. Um but let's talk I about I think the- if
1: if they had a quarterback, I don't right, I don't it might be see any game. way that it's gonna happen with you know, Mike White yeah. or even Joe Flacco if he would have played.
0: Yeah, I, I think I, I'm with you there. I will say before, you know, the Bengals aren't their defense aren't, isn't listed as a start in our preview here. But I think the Bengals defense have uh, I mean, I think they're the best best mm-hmm. defensive streamer on the week. And yeah, they have a, I mean, good schedule coming up, too, for defense.
1: Yeah, I mean, Jets are we're the first. um in fantasy points allowed to defenses before Zach Wilson got hurt. So mm-hmm. um, the fact that they have even less competent quarterback play is, yeah, I, I can't imagine there's any price in DFS this week that I will not be
0: <laughs> paying yeah. to start
1: the Bengals.
0: Yeah. Um. So Joe Burrow is proving his just amazingness right now. Uh, Last week, he had a great game, uh, 416 yards and three touchdowns. Did throw the one interception that was kind of like, what are you doing, Joe? Um, But I I really think that he's just the rest of the season. He's only going up from here. And that's kind of what we talked about going into the season as well, is that he's going to start slow, coming off that big knee injury, but he has the potential. And so hopefully... Uh, you were able to pick him up in a trade or maybe somebody dropped him when he started slow early. But I think the back half of the season is going to be pretty good for him. Um, interestingly, I think this week may not be his week um, because the Jets have that syndrome where they are the best matchup for fantasy running backs and they are not a good matchup for fantasy quarterbacks and wide receivers just because teams don't have to do anything through the air because they're running all over them. Um, But that said, you're starting Joe Burrow. Uh, Jamar Chase had over 200 yards last week, had a ridiculous touchdown catch that he took from like a 15-yard catch into 75 yards to the house. Uh, He is the overall wide receiver three on the season, only behind Cooper Cup and Tyreek Hill. Uh, From Adam Harstead here... uh, Jamar Chase, he set the record for most uh, receiving yards by a rookie wide receiver through their first seven games. Uh, interestingly, it's also the most through eight games, even though he's only played seven. Uh, he has 754 yards on the season and already six touchdowns in seven games uh, and other good note here uh per nathan uh jonky i guess is how you'd say his name uh sorry nathan if i pronounced that wrong i'm uh, sure he's listening <laughs> um jamar chase uh has scored six touchdowns while penne sewell has scored none so i think the Bengals <laughs> made the right draft pick yes uh, gotta
1: outscore that offensive tackle <laughs> Yep. Yep. You, I mean, he he's doing it. You can't dispute that. It'd be the interesting fans. to see how many. I wouldn't be super shocked if Jamar Chase has outscored the Lions with Pene Sewell on the field.
0: Mm, yeah, that'd be an interesting one to look at. I I wonder if Jamar Chase has more receiving touchdowns than all of the Lions wide receivers combined. Uh, that I, would I take a bit. Find of st-
1: that pretty quickly. So, all
0: right, that would take a bit of stat work. But if you can find it, I I would love to see it. Um, so you're starting Jamar Chase. He's a monster. Um, I think you're also starting T Higgins. Uh, even though, as I just said, the Jets don't give up a lot of points to fantasy wide receivers because you don't have to throw on them. But T Higgins last week had 15 targets, which is absolute insanity as far as volume volume goes. Only turned that into seven catches for 62 yards, but you'll take it. Um, And this is a situation where C.J. Uzama last week had two bomb touchdowns that could have gone elsewhere. Um, And Higgins has actually out-targeted Jamar Chase in the five games that they've played together. Um, So I think from a volume perspective, T. Higgins is going to be involved. He only has two touchdowns on the season, but I think he will have more going forward. Um, and then Tyler Boyd, I don't think he's startable when all three wide receivers are healthy. Uh, did you find that stat? You have something for us? I did. So the Lions have,
1: so again, Jamar Chase has eight receiving touchdowns. The Lions uh, six have receiving touchdowns. six receiving touchdowns. Yes. The, where the eight number came from is that's how many passing touchdowns Jared Goff has. Um, mm. So those have have gone. Interestingly, there is a four-way tie for first (laughs) um, for the Lions receiving touchdown leader. uh, DeAndre Swift, Khalif Raymond, TJ Hawkinson, and Quintez Cephas all have two receiving touchdowns, and those account for the only players on the Lions that have a single receiving touchdown.
0: So what I heard there is that the lions wide receivers have combined for four touchdowns this season. Um, yes, let's go. (laughs) Javar chase is a monster and the lions are bad. Uh, so, uh, back to the Bengals here, Tyler Boyd, not a start this week. I honestly don't think he's a start any week, uh, that all three wide receivers are healthy. He still got seven targets. There's a lot of volume to go around, but he turned that into four receptions for 39 yards. Um and has had basically no production with T Higgins in the lineup. Um, I have a you know the final pass catcher here. I have a bit of a public apology to make to CJ Feet for Hands Usama uh, TJ or CJ
1: Touchdowns for Hands. I yeah, think I think it's
0: more like it. Yeah, I think uh, maybe an official nickname change. Uh, I I don't know if I want to go with Touchdowns for Hands or CJ Hands for Hands Usama. <laughs> Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll give it some thought, but I think, uh, after his three for 91 and two touchdowns, uh, line this past week, and we did say going into the game, the Ravens give it up to tight ends and he really proved it. And Yuzama is, uh, the end three over the course of the last three weeks. Um, so that is a pretty impressive number. Yeah, and the
1: Jets also uh despite having um, you know, restricting, well, restricting the pass cat ke- or the passing options for their opponents for fantasy points. Um uh, again just because they don't need to <laughs> do anything else against them except run. Um do give up the eighth most points to fantasy tight ends, so could be in line for another, you know, very nice, very startable even monster week, mm-hmm.
0: um, this week as well. Yeah. Uh, so hands for hands. I think I want to go with hands for hands, CJ hands for hands. It just rolls off the tongue. Uh, so CJ hands for hands. He's on, um, I think he's another start this week. I, I think for those folks that have maybe a hurt Dawson Knox or, uh, Darren Waller, Mark Andrews on by, I think hands for hands is a good start. Um, so you can, and you can probably pick him up off the waiver wire. Um, and then lastly here for the Bengals, uh the place where I think all the fantasy points are going to go this week is in the running game. Uh Jets give up the most points to fantasy running backs. And so Joe Mixon who had a bit of a down game last week because Joe Burrow was throwing so many just I mean he had 3 drives from Joe Burrow that ended in bomb touchdowns where there weren't, you know, all of those first second third downs in the middle of the field going down the field it was just like oh this is a 50 yarder to hands for hands or this is a 70 yarder to jamar chase or oh this is a 60 yarder to hands for hands uh that you know those types of opportunities just weren't there for Mixon, Uh, but he has had a ton of volume on the season jets give up the most points to running backs I think Joe Mixon in daily formats as a great play, even though he's going to be expensive. Um, and I definitely think that if you have him in your season-long leagues, you're starting him. Uh, and Samaj Pirine returned as well, uh, had some decent volume. The game was out of hand a little bit at the end of it here. Uh, so had some late game carries. Um, I don't think that Samaje Pirine has standalone value uh, season-long, long-term. Um, I definitely think this week you could play mm-hmm. him. Just look at what the Patriots did last week with three running backs getting in the end zone, two running backs having top 30 weeks. Uh, I think Samaje P. Ryan definitely could be flexed this week um, and is one of the top running back handcuffs if uh, Joe Mixon were to get hurt. But I don't see P. Ryan as an every week flex going forward by any means. Um, and that's, that's the Bengals... Uh, for me, they're it's a great start. They're the number one team in the AFC. Uh, Hootay Nation, let's go!
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, just touching on uh, P Ryan too. Um, I think that certainly this week, uh, you know, there's very likely going to be uh, garbage time this week as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, again, the <laughs> Bengals are favored by ten. So um, yeah, I think that it's very likely that he gets. A potentially double digit touches if, even if most of them are in garbage time um and has a nice game so is certainly flexible this week if uh, you know just something to monitor i think is if he continues to get ne- very nice volume um and maybe and en- starts to enter that territory it's I, I don't think happened yet that he's um you know an every week flex option but if you know Mixon is still kind of a little banged up or he still gets um it still seems to be getting enough work uh just something to monitor um moving on that our next game is or our next team is going to be the tennessee titans um who are five and two um traveling to indy to play the colts at three and four it is a 50 and a half point over under I think it's kind of a surprising Colts favorite here. Um, Colts are favored by one. Um, so obviously the big story for the Titans this year has been Derrick Henry. We've talked about him a lot. Every time that we've talked about the Titans, um, had a little bit of a inefficient game, still got, you know, just absolute massive volume with 31 touches. Um, And also had a five yard passing touchdown. So, uh, that, you know, boosted his day. Um, scroll that one. I I mean, you know, when you're the most dominant goal line running back in the league, you can, you know, take a handoff and just lightly throw it into the end zone. And (laughs) odds are you'll be successful because who's gonna, who's gonna be able to stop that? It's very tricky. Yes. Um, uh, so you know even in a tough matchup against running backs um the colts only giving up the 28th most points doesn't matter derrick henry will more than likely if uh, you challenge for uh you know 30 touches uh, with all the good things that come along with that um
0: a little a uh, bit more yeah i uh before we get off of talking about Derrick Henry, I just wanted to say, like, the this dude has over a thousand yards already. Like, well, has, a thousand total yards, right? Yes. He has over. Does anybody else in the league have over a thousand total yards? Um, I'm willing to bet not. I don't. I don't think so. Uh, I mean, except I guess quarterbacks for passing yards, but yes. like, it's just. It is ridiculous. He has already eighteen receptions on the season, uh, which is more work than we'd expect. He has one hundred and fifty receiving yards, eight hundred and sixty-nine uh, rushing yards here, and already ten touchdowns, and we're not even to the halfway point of the season. It's just, uh, it's it's ridiculous. I just everybody knows that Derrick Henry is ridiculous, but.
1: Yes, the uh, probably the most, uh, obviously the rushing work is just ludicrous, but mm-hmm. probably the most underrated part of his season is that receiving work. He's only one reception off of his career high, yeah, um, that's, that's and fine. we're not even halfway through. So if Derrick Henry can add 45 receptions to a possibly second 2,000-yard rushing season, like look out. Yeah. Um it's going to be absolutely dominant fantasy season. Um Ryan Tannehill, his quarterback, um, has picked it up a little bit since a slow start. Still um a quarterback two at this point, but certainly is a streamable option this week against a Colts team giving up the 13th most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Um as for his receiving options i think aj brown uh is you know the easiest um you know auto start basically had a monster game this past week um julio jones is a little bit trickier um obviously the titans got up big very quickly against the chiefs so um only ended the game with four targets though. I do think he had, um, a long off a hamstring re- uh, injury. Too. Yeah. Um, it was coming off a hamstring injury. So obviously wanting to, if you have him want to monitor his health, um, I, I think watching the game, I think he did have a relatively long pass that was called back, um, by penalty. So could it certainly could have had a better game. um, I think he is certainly. I I would probably put him more in a wide receiver three range right now, Mm -hmm. um, especially with his health. But is definitely a high upside option as well. And there's of wide receiver threes, I would probably put him (laughs) probably ahead (laughs) of most wide receiver twos, which I know is counterintuitive, (laughs) but um, you know he has kind of a low floor with the injuries um, right now, but, and, and also just the running stock, you know, the Titans are a run heavy team as uh hinted at Derek Henry's oh, yeah. existence. But, um, uh, you know, Julio, I think uh, while you have to expect somewhat of a lower floor, um, also has monster upside as well. Um, not really considering uh, m- many of the other pass catching options at the moment. Uh, ne- Nick Westbrook Ekeen, um, goose last week, is really only relevant if one of the other players are hurt. Um, I will say, if you're looking for a tight end, maybe uh, you know Anthony Ferker had gotten some pop in over the off season, but someone to maybe keep an eye on. He's not he hasn't entered even probably tight end two range yet, but, uh, Michael Pruitt, uh, um, had two receptions, 27 yards, but a touchdown last week, um, and has two touchdowns on the season, um, has outgained. uh, Two players that are presumably ahead of him on the depth chart, both last week and on the season in Ferkser and Jeff Swain. So um, just something to keep an eye on. Um, Again, not in tight end two range yet, but um, is probably, of the uh, tight end options, the one to own. Yeah, uh,
0: I would uh, just... I mean, I feel like Michael Pruitt wasn't even invited to the dumpster fire yet. <laughs> like, I I don't know. I I think there are much better options. Certainly, yes. Uh, but worth the, um, I mean, worth the peak. But don't none of uh, them are just I'll, side yeah. eye.
1: Yeah, Uh, probably uh,
0: uh, really none of them
1: are worth rostering at the moment. Mm. Um, So like if you've been hanging on to Anthony Fergster for some reason, um, you know, a a pretty easy drop. Um, But, you know, just something to keep an eye on um, because he has of the tight ends, even though he's getting the least snaps and is like actually listed as third on their depth chart has been the most productive of the three on the season. Right. So like that like that's it. just all I'm really saying is, you know, uh, none of them really worth rostering. But if you had to, if someone like was like, you have to roster a Titans tight end, or I'll kick this puppy. <laughs> I would choose my Cole Pruitt. All right. Uh- <laughs>
0: If that's the bar, I'm totally with you. (laughs) Okay. Um, All right. Let's. uh, Shall we dive into the next uh, the next team here? We shall. Let's do it. So, a team that we haven't really gotten to talk about too much on the season uh, is the Denver Broncos, Um, and I guess not too surprising that we haven't talked about them much uh, because a lot of middling options here. Um, led by the always unspectacular Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but I think there are a number of fantasy options, and particularly this mm-hmm. week is worth a chat about their uh, wide receiver core. Um, but so this week, the Broncos, they're three and four. They're playing the Washington football team, who is two and five. Another pretty despicable over under 44 points. And the <laughs> Broncos uh, are favored by three. Uh, which I think makes sense. i definitely pick the Broncos to win this one, um, certainly at home. Uh, And, you know, they're playing the Washington football team. So there's that. Um, Teddy Bridgewater is who Teddy Bridgewater always has been. um, And that's kind of all there is to say about that, about that guy. I
1: do have one thought. So, okay. Washington football team gives up the most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Could Teddy be a viable streamer this week?
0: Sure. Uh if you know players like Kirk Cousins and Carson Wentz aren't available to stream in your league, uh then I guess so. I I mean, I think the the matchup, I mean, or even Daniel Jones, I'd probably rather, you know, against Kansas City, I'd probably rather have him than Teddy. Uh, so he's maybe a fourth or fifth streamer, but uh, I could squint and see it. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, the interesting players on uh, this team, you know, speaking about the Washington football team defense who give up the second most points to wide receivers, I think this is a great game for the passing options here. Mm -hmm. Cortland Sutton has been uh, pretty excellent the past few weeks. Uh, This past week, a little bit less so, but still five receptions for 68 yards, and so more than 10 points in a PPR league. That's not going to crush you. Um, He has been doing this without Jerry Judy, um, and it looks like Jerry Judy might be back this week. Uh, Maybe one more week, we think. I think that I
1: I'm pretty sure that I've seen um, back this week and I'm very excited for him to come back. If that's the case, um, not just because he's on my dynasty for team <laughs> and would be a massive boost, especially with Devonte Adams out. Um, but I, we saw that even in limited play in the uh, in week one, before he got hurt, um, was on pace for double-digit targets and potentially double-digit catches so okay. um yes i'm very excited to get him back in the lineup and see what this season has in store i you know going into the season when teddy won the job most people were like jerry judy is going to be the beneficiary because his skill set is more inclined to what teddy does well so um i think that assuming health jerry judy maybe not this week although again very juicy matchup but um jerry judy uh, is pretty much an auto wide receiver three for me this week just and would be higher if he was wasn't coming back from injury mm. um it pretty uh would be a wide receiver two and I I think if I was to stat it out, I wouldn't be super shocked if he would be a wide receiver too because um uh, he ha- he almost was okay for Thursday night football last week so in an additional uh 10 games or 10 days off you know uh, he might be just 100% healthy right now
0: yeah, I I definitely don't hate it. I did confirm that it's, uh, he is going to be available for week eight against Washington. So expected to play. Um, so you'll see him out there. So it'll be really interesting uh, to see how that shakes out with these receivers. I think what it does mean is that Tim Patrick, who has been pretty steadily getting between like 10 and 12 points every week, Up until this past week, he didn't have a good week. Uh, But the like four weeks prior to that, he had scored between 10 and 12, like kind of your perfect, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, solid floor flex play. Uh, I think the return of Jerry Judy really means that Tim Patrick is no longer uh, somebody that you can flex uh, because they play Mm -hmm. a similar game. Um, Tim Patrick isn't going to leave the field. you know, in three wide receiver sets probably, but I think Jerry Judy's going to take over all of that volume that Tim Patrick had been getting. Um, and I think it also might affect Noah Fant some as well, having Jerry Judy back in the lineup. Um, Cause Judy is just, he's such a good route runner, really great at navigating the middle of the field. Uh, and that's some of what Fant does well down the seam and everything as well. So I think it's really for this week, it's Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, you can put right in the lineup, although don't be surprised if he starts a little slow coming off the injury. Um, But uh, Tim Patrick, no longer uh, would I start him. And then just be I I think if you have Noah Fant, you're probably starting him. Um, The uh, Washington football team, middle of the pack against tight ends. But just be a little wary of Noah Fant going into this. and these running backs for the Broncos, they they're the same. Uh, it, I mean, like on the season, the Melvin Gordon has three hundred and fifty rushing yards. Javante Williams has three hundred and twenty. Melvin Gordon has uh, fifteen catches for one hundred and thirty-three yards. Javante Williams has twenty catches for one hundred and twenty-two yards uh they are within 10 rushing attempts of each other they're within three targets of each other uh last week they were within two yards of each other uh i i mean they're just the same they're like running back 3 running back 4 options that you can flex if you have to both of them uh and you can hope that they score and that's that's about what you're getting out of these guys yeah um
1: i wish that there was as a melvin gordon uh manager, yeah, both of us. Wish That there was a uh was a little bit more separation but um I, and uh, so far you know the presumed javante williams um you know takeover hasn't quite happened um and hopefully for both of us, it doesn't happen. So, <laughs> um, yes, uh, that's just going to be kind of muddy through the rest of the year, probably. Um, and then only other thing I'd add is Noah Fant, um, even with Jerry Judy, um, coming back. Fant is the tight end six on the season. So I don't, but
0: I, I suspect
1: that you're not sitting the tight end six. So, uh, you know, Tight end six is not really that yeah. impressive because it's
0: probably like, you know, would Five be like thirty nine like last week was. For yeah,
1: um, I, it's probably like the 20th player at another
0: position. Um, go with like 30th player. But
1: uh, yeah, it's but, not good. Yes. Yeah, so the tight ends are so shallow that you, you just have to go with it. um So we are going to take a quick break. And we'll be back on the other side of the ad. Hey, this is Charlie, Triple C, from Brevity Box, a new and interesting podcast from the Ruminations Radio Network. If you're a fan of podcasts, we have a lot of great content to offer. Come check out our diverse group of podcasts and hosts at ruminationsradionetwork.com. And we are back. Um, So I am going to talk about the Atlanta Falcons 3 and 3, um, versus my Carolina Panthers, three and four. It's a, again, kind of gross 46 point over under. Falcons are favored by three. I will very much try to just focus on the Falcons and not turn this into a lengthy rant about the Panthers, their direction and leadership. Um, it'll, do it'll it. be painful though. Um,
0: I'm sure it'd be great content, but it also it would make you I, it'd make it tough to sleep it make your heart hurt uh, it just um it, it it, be it'll be a two
1: house. hour podcast yeah uh, be.
0: Be, before we even
1: get to the remaining games <laughs> um so um I think that probably most um of the truly relevant players are in play here. Um Matt Ryan I think is a rel- is a viable streamer has long tortured the Panthers. Um has certainly slowed down a little bit this year, but is coming off of a solid game where he had 336 yards passing and two touchdowns. Um Panthers while their defense has been good this year, um are still giving up the 15th most points to fantasy quarterbacks so um they're you know middle of the pack against uh quarterbacks so there are points to be had i think that the most interesting start sit decision is going to be cordero patterson i you probably can't sit him um if you um have been you know Just soaking up those uh, basically free fantasy points (laughs) (laughs) that he's been just racking up this year. Um, but the Panthers are the toughest team against fantasy running backs, um, in the league. So, is he uh, a running back though? Well, he did have 14 rushes this past week. So, um, compared to just five targets, um, but is certainly a a uh, versatile enough player to where maybe he's able to exploit the Panthers a little bit. I do think I think Shaq Thompson is supposed to come back their linebacker, so that might um you know take away some of Patterson's opportunities. Um but uh yeah, he's probably the most iffy prospect where, you know, has had just a fantastic year. Um, but I could either see him struggling this week or just absolutely going off. I really couldn't tell you <laughs> which, knows. which option it'll be. Um, but I think that's also just the Cordero Patterson experience. You know, mm-hmm. he he is a true enigma, and it's been interesting and fun to watch him work this year um obviously i think outside of patterson the biggest story is easily kyle pitts um has just had two consecutive monster games um 163 yards this past week um only one touchdown on the season but is suddenly very much looking like he could end up being the kind of top five fantasy tight end that he basically needs to be to return his draft price um kind of at the expense of calvin ridley who is a player i know i was very high on coming into the year yep me too um Averaging less than 10 yards a catch, um, just two touchdowns, has almost 200 full y- yards fewer than Kyle Pitts, um, and only fifth or er, actually has fewer yards receiving than Cordero Patterson. Um, very, very disappointing, um, for a guy that I was almost certain was going to be the wide receiver one. Um, so maybe he has a bounce back here, but um, yeah. I it. What do you think of him? Rest of season is he just a wide receiver two? Is he lower than that? Are we still viewing him as a wide receiver? A uh, back end wide receiver one.
0: I I'm having a tough time because I feel like uh, given his talent. He should be a back end wide receiver. One. Uh, I mean, given his talent coming into the year and the opportunity that we thought he had, like, you know, you and I both agreed that we felt like he was going to be a top three, top five Mm -hmm. wide receiver. Um, I, you know, have him on some of my fantasy teams, and I am really just hoping that he keeps producing more, but he's had a really tough start. I think he's somebody that you could probably uh, get. On the cheap, if you wanted. Uh, I think he's a wide receiver two at worst. I think that's his floor, is a low end wide receiver two. Um, and so you could probably pay that type of value to acquire him right now, um, is that wide receiver two value? But I think he has the talent. And I mean, he does have the opportunity overall, especially if Cordero Patterson is shifting into more of a running back role here uh, and taking away less of those receptions. Um, then I think that uh, that he has the room to go up from here. Oh, it's definitely been a disappointment so far.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
0: so he's definitely
1: kind of I think the trickiest decision here. Um, the other decisions not particularly tricky. Um, I don't think you're Start not no starting win. Mike Davis. Um, Are Russell you Russell Gage,
0: Mike Davis?
1: Uh, I mean, so I was a lot lower on Mike Davis coming into the season than you were. Um, Best fantasy friend. Yes. Um, and so luckily I drafted him nowhere cause I wasn't particularly interested. Um, I, uh, yeah, I think he's probably a drop. I mean, just four touches this last week. Um, uh, Only 88 receiving yards through, you know, this point in the season, um, when that's supposed to be a major part of his game. Um, I've just, you know, as a Panther fan that watched him last year, he had, you know, a couple, he had solid production and a couple runs that were nice because he, you know, kept churning through some hits. But, um, I, was can couldn't say i was super impressed watching him last year um and it seems like the falcons are not particularly impressed with him (laughs) so far this year or he wouldn't be losing so much work to cordero patterson um russell gage had a nice game this past week six targets four receptions 67 yards and a touchdown um uh pretty much all of those numbers are good for like almost half of his season long production though. Um he has 15 targets, 9 receptions, 95 yards and a touchdown on the season. So Ooh. yeah, most of that production happened this past week. Um I guess it's something to monitor just in case um you know, he can string a couple of games in a row, maybe he comes uh, you know, makes it onto the wide receiver four radar, but um none of the other options are particularly worth rostering um including Russell Gage unless he's able to string some more uh nice games together. Um any last thoughts on the Falcons?
0: No, I I think that's it. It's I I don't yeah, Russell Gage, I think with the uh the rise of Kyle Pitts, uh it's just it's Cordero, it's Ridley, it's Pitts. Uh, mm. Maybe not in that order. Uh, but, yeah, I don't think there are any other options that you could start with any sort of confidence from the Falcons. Um, From uh, one NFC South matchup to the next... Uh next team here we're gonna talk about is the six and one Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're taking on the four and two New Orleans Saints coming off just a fantastic <laughs> Monday night football <laughs> performance. Uh this is a 50-point over-under. Uh Bucks are five and a half point favorites on the road. Um and this is kind of interesting. The Bucks going into the season, we felt like we had them pretty well figured out. Uh, and they've gone through some not as far as record goes because they're six and one here. But as far as fantasy production goes for their players, uh, there's been some unexpected twists and turns. Uh, not unexpected from Tom Brady, who is a top five quarterback on the season here. Um, and by top five, I mean quarterback one on the season. Um so, I mean, nobody drafted him as the QB1, but uh I don't know. he's just he will never get old, <laughs> apparently. I, I mean, I don't know how else to say yeah, I think a, frank a 45 Gore, touchdown
1: pace will do that and
0: will make yeah. you the quarterback one. so i, I mean, I, I think did Frank Gore hand off his just invincible old man strength? to tom brady when he left i think tom brady lent it to frank gore oh he just lent it to him for a little bit and now frank yeah. gore gave the rest of it back Is that, yeah yeah I, I that honestly makes the most sense
1: there was i mean there was a stretch where tom brady was looking was looking a little bit shaky you know towards the end of his patriots run and right. uh
0: and Frank, yeah, Gore, yeah, Frank Gore was still churning. So yeah, I, that that makes sense. He just lent it to him for a bit and now it's time to take it back. And he's the quarterback one through seven weeks. Uh, yeah. So who's start Tom Brady, uh, even against a good saints defense this week uh, at the Superdome, um, a player that I think is, and the saints are good against quarterbacks too. Uh, so I, I mean the Saints are good against everyone except for wide receivers. Uh, they're not particularly awful, but they give up the tenth most points to wide receivers. Um, but other than that, they are twenty ninth uh, against running backs, twenty eighth against tight ends, the twenty sixth against defenses. Um, so it's tough matchups across the board. Yeah, that said, I'm none of these
1: top options are benches or even really lowered expectations
0: for me, um, I, even with those those tougher matchups. I would say Leonard Fournette has solidified himself as a top 15 running back on the year, mm-hmm. uh, which is one of those twists and turns that I, mean, I didn't expect. I, I went back and forth offering trades for Leonard Fournette and Dynasty in the offseason, uh, never successfully, which made me really sad now because Ronald Jones is non-existent. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, even with last week, Ronald Jones had 10 rushes, uh, but it was, I mean, they just annihilated uh, the bears last week. Um, And so it was like Tom Brady didn't even like he, I think he started sitting in the third quarter. (laughs) He didn't even wait till the fourth quarter to start sitting down. So Ronald Jones had a lot of garbage time work um, I don't anticipate quite as much garbage time in this one just because the Saints have such a good defense um, and they're really tough on running backs. So I would say potential down game from what Fournette has been doing, but you're still starting Leonard Fournette. Uh, you're not not starting Ronald Jones at all. Uh, and the pass catchers here... Probably not rostering Ronald Jones. Yeah, please don't. Um, but the the pass catchers here uh Rob Gronkowski may be back
1: please Mr. Gronk is my father call me Rob
0: uh I think that's the expectation um we're you know we'll see dudes you know he's he's, he's, (laughs) he returned to practice so yeah yeah Mr. Gronk is back to practice don't know if he's back uh in the game yet um but the other interesting injury spot is Antonio Brown who didn't play last week um, and then news came out today that he was spotted leaning on crutches or maybe just a single crunch, a uh, single crutch. Uh single that, crunch? <laughs> that's what his ankle did, I guess, is uh, a single crunch. And now he's been on crutches. Um, so it looks like Antonio Brown might be out for a while, uh, which actually would be great news for fantasy for the other pass-catching options. If it's just Mike Evans and Chris Godwin here, then they're probably going to feast like they did when it was just the two of them before Antonio Brown showed up. Um, I will say one thing that uh, Lattimore, the cornerback for the Saints, is Mike Evans' kryptonite. Uh, Like Half of the games where Mike Evans has gone without a fantasy point have been against Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, They... Don't seem to like each other. They always get in fights. uh, And Mike Evans plays like trash against Lattimore. So that's something to keep an eye out. That said, uh, Mike Evans had six catches for 76 yards and three touchdowns last week. Uh, So I don't think you can sit him. But would I be shocked if he has a bad game against his nemesis? I would not be shocked. And that said, Chris Godwin, I think, is a great start this week. Uh, Just a volume monster. Uh, Last week, eight catches for 111 yards and a touchdown. And that was basically in two and a half quarters. Um, Dude's an animal. And if Antonio Brown's not there, I really think that uh, he has a really great opportunity, especially with Lattimore, who's going to be shadowing Mike Evans in this one. Um, So I think big game for Chris Godwin. Start him in daily. Definitely fire him up uh, in this game and season long as well. Yeah. Um, And we are going to wrap up with
1: the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, three and four uh, versus the New York Giants, two and five. Um, This is a Monday night football game. It is a 52 point over under and the Chiefs are favored by 10. Um we mostly wanted to talk about this one because uh obviously 3 and 4 is not where the Chiefs expected they would be at this point of the year. Um I I feel like it was a pretty uncontroversial pick to put them at the top of my uh offensive power rankings uh in the uh in the preseason and um yeah, I don't have the exact numbers ahead in front of me, but they are not the, not at the top, top. <laughs> to, at the moment. Um so Patrick Mahomes at you know, and especially coming off of just an absolute shellacking um by the Titans. Um one of the I, if not the worst loss of Patrick Mahomes' career, I, it has to be one of the worst. Um so uh, only 206 passing yards, no touchdowns, and an interception for Mahomes this past week. Um, he's still the quarterback five on the season, believe it or not. Um, uh, has 18 passing touchdowns, which will certainly... Like like we said with Brady at 21, that'll definitely help. But um, nine interceptions is not really... Uh, ideal and is certainly part of why they're struggling is the um i'll you know just a lot of turnovers so um i watched this game on game pass um just to try to see if i could get an idea of you know what happened so um i think that probably a lot of their struggles just come down to Mahomes needing to press a lot um i, I think that the things that we were probably worried about the most in the preseason like um the, the lack of ancillary uh receivers um the uh offensive line maybe a little less so but certainly the defense um all kind of play into this uh kind of mediocre start so far um the titans just absolutely moved the ball at will against the chiefs this past week um the Chiefs didn't start their second drive until there was less than a minute left in the first quarter, and they were down already down 14-0 because they just had, like, a drive um, that stalled out after um, a couple first downs uh, earlier in the quarter. So, um, you know, if you have a... If you take the kickoff to start the game... 80, 80 yards seventy five yards um and take five minutes off the clock and then go like ninety seven yards um and really not have any issues on either drive you know you're you're not gonna the other team's not gonna have a whole lot of chances to uh, do a lot on offense and that was certainly the case this past week, so once they stalled out that second time um you know uh which was just seconds into the second quarter, I think. Um they they really didn't have much of a shot. The Titans moved the ball pretty effortlessly a third time and it was that that's pretty much all she wrote. Um so the defense is a s has been a super problem and is certainly a reason why Mahomes is needing to press a little bit. Um also something that stood out um were penalties so um in previous seasons the chiefs have struggled with penalties they were first in 2018 and fourth in 2020 um and that really stood out as well was that both on offense and defense they gave up a lot of penalty yards seven penalties for 77 yards and i think at one point they almost had as many penalty yards as they did like offensive yards so um yeah, they, uh, it, on both sides of the ball were either missing out on nice first downs, um, or, you know, chunk, uh, not really chunk plays, but there were several plays that were brought back by penalty that had solid gains. Um, and then on defense, uh, you know, penalties that gave up, uh, that gave the titans additional opportunities to hang on to the ball um so yeah just one game i don't know 100% if it's a microcosm of their larger struggles but that was what i the kind of things that i saw was that the you know secondary receiving options weren't particularly good um the defense was atrocious um and penalties on top of that really sunk them um that said like i said mahomes still the quarterback 5 on the season uh i don't see a universe where you're not starting patrick mahomes this week the giants are middle of the pack pretty much against every position um, so I think that this is very much a bounce back position for Mahomes. just you know wanted to give my little diagnosis of what I'm sure plenty of smarter football vines have already figured out <laughs> um so on as far as other options um you're starting certainly the next three players, so uh daryl williams i think will be fine he was um it just didn't they got down so quickly that um he didn't have a whole lot of opportunities to rush the ball he did look nice uh when he was receiving the ball um but also they just ran so few plays because the uh the titans just dominated time of possession um, so I I think Daryl Williams uh, resumes his place as a high-end running back two this week. Um, Tyreek Hill, um, I think, you know, if Mahomes has a good game this upcoming week, will be one of the chief beneficiaries. <laughs> um, the chief beneficiaries. Hey, I didn't even mean it. <laughs> um, just six for 49 this past week. Um, did add an 18-yard rush. I think... Uh, you know, Tyreek Hill has up and down games. That the he'll be totally fine, and I think is probably a candidate for a explosion game this upcoming week. Um, Travis Kelsey also had kind of a mediocre game, seven for sixty five. Um, that's still you know thirteen points in PPR for your tight end. So you know he'll is, be fine as well um as for the secondary options i think that while i'm still very unenamored with him i think McCole hardman has at least approached rosterable um and potentially flexible range um because he's finally getting targets and receptions um whether he should be another another question (laughs) but um 30 catches on the year, 40 targets, um, 200 yard, 289 yards, which is surprisingly less than 10 yards of reception. But, um, I think that he, the the target volume has been enough to wear, um, as like a wide receiver for he has entered flexible range. Um, the other options, um, Uh, probably not rosterable though. I would like to point to Byron Pringle, um, who has had a couple of nice target games as well. Um, Had six targets for five catches and 73 yards this past week. Um, To me, it feels like Pringle has passed uh, Demarcus Robinson as their wide receiver three. Um, But at the same time, Robinson played way more snaps than Pringle, um, 79% to 47%. And Robinson weirdly enough also ran the most routes on the team this past week. Um, gotta be some garbage time. I uh, probably, but uh, I, uh, looking back, Mahomes got injured a lot later than I had thought he did. It was like pretty late in the fourth quarter. I think there was only like one or two more drives that, um, they had with uh chad Henney, i think of all people <laughs> yep. it's shocking that he's still in the league um so i don't really know i i, I don't think it's quite as simple as garbage time uh, but at the same time it makes no sense that demarcus robinson is leading this team in in a routes run for uh, on a team with tyree kill and travis kelsey so right. um josh Gordon. Uh, we still need to see a lot more of before he's rosterable. Um, Any final thoughts on the Chiefs? I know that they're a tricky one this week. Well, well, not this week, but certainly this season.
0: Yeah, I actually want to talk just really briefly about the options on the other side of this game, uh, this Monday night football game, which will be uh, potentially a high-scoring one, even with the Chiefs favored by so much. Um, But just to say that I think looking at what the Titans did to the Chiefs last week, I think that uh, Booker, as far as a running back goes on the Giants side, is a great start here, unless Saquon's back, obviously, but it looks like Saquon's still a little bit away. Um, But then the wide receiving options, this is one that I might just completely stay away from this week. As juicy as a matchup as it is against the Chiefs, you just have no idea who's going to start. Uh, Mm -hmm. If Sterling Shepard does start, then you're playing him, but you really need to know by Sunday uh, before the games because you don't want to have to pivot to a Byron Pringle. John John uh, Ross. Right, or a John Ross or uh, Dante Pettis even, even though he scored last week. But, you know, I, I really think that from the passing game perspective, I might be avoiding it completely just because there's so much uncertainty, even though if they play Darius, Tony could have a good game. Sterling Shepard could have a good game. Darius Slayton will play. uh, But if the other guys play, then I don't want to start Darius Slayton. So it's just kind Mm -hmm. of a, a mystery on the other side, even though the chiefs defense gives up so many points. Um, but Daniel injury, Jones, yeah.
1: pro, I, even with the all the receivers down, I think Daniel Jones would be a streaming option this mm-hmm. week. Yep, I agree with you on that. All right, so let's wrap up with our speed round. So Malcolm Brown, running back for the Dolphins, was placed on injured reserve this past week, uh, meaning that Miles Gaskins might finally gets some consistent opportunities uh, Gaskin more than doubled Salvin Ahmed's snaps and nearly doubled his opportunities without brown so um I uh, at least as long as Brown is injured, I think I am very much back in on my <laughs>
0: BFF miles Gaskin. Uh Rashad Bateman, rookie wide receiver for the Ravens, I think he's worth a stash. Uh he, he had six targets in each of his first two games, started the season injured. Um, and he looked really good doing it with those six targets each time. Even though he's on bye this week, I think that you could stash him a week early so that you don't have to worry about dropping any fab or burning any of your waiver priority to get him next week uh, and could potentially have a second half breakout on your hands at wide receiver. Um
1: Per Kyle Borgognoni, the of the fantasy footballers team, um Cooper Cup has already tied the NFL record for the most games with nine plus receptions and two plus tar- or touchdowns in a season with four. Um he is the wide receiver one in PPR by forty full points. Um dude is a monster. Yeah,
0: he's the Derrick Henry of the wide receiver position. <laughs> yes. Right um, so we're wanting one, e- one week early here, uh, but with defensive streamers, it's good to look ahead. Uh, the Colts defense has Tennessee this week. Uh, so that's not the best matchup, but the two weeks following, they are home to the jets and home to the Jaguars, which is about as juicy a two week stretch as you could ask for. So the Colts defense could win you those two weeks. So stash them now and then reap the benefits in weeks nine and 10. I'm actually even
1: going to, in one league, start them um, just so I don't have to roster a second defense through this um, tougher matchup against the Titans. Yeah, and they're at home Um, and could be okay. Yeah. Um, And speaking of the Colts. Uh, Michael Pittman is the 16th most expensive wide receiver in Yahoo DFS this week. Um, And I think he is going to feast against a Titans team that is allowing the most points to wide receivers. Um, And that is our show. So I am Nick Luciano, and you can follow me on Twitter at Nick G. Luciano.
0: And I am Elijah Motika. You can follow me on Twitter at Elijah Motica. And be sure to follow the show as well at 25YLFF. Be on the lookout for that uh, Halloween candy draft that we did so that you can vote for me. Uh, and be sure to rate and subscribe <laughs> anywhere you listen to podcasts
1: yeah and maybe when you rate and subscribe you know leave a com- uh, leave a comment review Either too you, yeah listing listing your favorite halloween candy and how elijah is weird and doesn't <laughs> like chocolate <laughs> um so yeah once again thank you all for listening and we will see you 25 yards later hey.
0: Thank you for listening to 25 Yards Later, Sports Obsesses Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by Ruminations Radio Network. Audio editing by Mitch Proctor and music by Elijah Motika.